We got to talk about this shit once Scott gets over here. Well, I, I figured you guys would do it. Well, yeah, but you can help set it up and no. you can uh, help the microphones. and. Jesus Christ, just fucking smashing into shit. Breaking this place. Everyone's like, Scott's just decided to kick shit over. I didn't over. do that. I didn't do anything. What so, do Donovan, talk? when you're talking, just talk right into the mic, get right up into it. Don't be scared. Like, yeah, don't oh, be afraid. Right. Yeah. It's just like, like I've never done this before. Like, you can lick it. Uh, I think he, he was on once before. I know. Remember? We just I mean, talked about that. Uh, yeah, but do you remember the amount of alcohol that we were drinking when that happened? So no. much booze. No. I, I remember can't, eating some I cherries after. Cherries. Yeah, oh yeah, the cherries. cherries. Cherries full of Everclear. And my tongue went numb. Yeah, I know. My whole mouth went numb. That was great. Welcome to the Grit City Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm Brogan. I'm Scott. I'm Jeff. Yay, there's all of us here. What? I think that's yeah. the first time that's worked out at the same time. I know. Everyone actually, it took us a couple of beers and uh, magic occurred. Uh, this is going to be an interesting podcast because we're going to be playing an old school episode from when it was originally just Scott and Brogan. Who? Scott name, and say my Brogan. Name. <laughs> what? I was like, I, I said your name. Was I not wrong? You fucking asshole. Ah, that was great. This is an episode that, Scott, you brought up with uh, Mr. Dunkelberger. I did. Steve Dunkelberger, because I was like, oh, this tell us some good stories. And Steve was like, I already told you the good stories. I'm like, no, you told Scott and Brogan the good stories. Tell me the fucking good stories. Yeah, he did tell us the good ones. We yeah. got all the good ones out of him. You got yeah, all of the yeah. good ones. Uh, one of those is about Jake Bird. Yes. Yep. And so this is First going... First African-American serial killer. Really? On record. I should go back and listen to that. Dude, you know it's what? a crazy one. I it's... should listen to this podcast. Oh, shit. Once we get done talking about what we're talking about here. You're going to have to listen to it anyway. Ha-ha. I'm going to listen to it now. Fourth wall, bitch. Very excited oh. about this. Well, I actually shared it with you uh, a couple days ago, so you obviously yeah, it haven't came in Oh, did you? Oh, it did. Yeah. So, oh, I should check my email. Yeah, you, you haven't listened to it, it yet. Or so. I could just wait until... Now? No, he doesn't believe <laughs> right, in Zoho. Right now? No, right, right now? now? No, he's unwilling to listen to the use Zoho. Oh, I do once in a while. Will get him. I'm oh. pretty sure they're surveilling everything we do there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they that's are. not neither here or there, so yeah. let's talk about what's right now. Because we're doing a Grit City follow-up right now, a GCFU, with you. Donovan Brines. Hello, hello. One hello. of the many uh, working parts of Rusted Portal Games. Correct. Yes. The, the last time that we spoke was during uh, episode three of Fear and Loathing at Norwest Con. Uh... There's we, a lot did of, we talk to this guy? We did. He's <laughs> in, we were there. Yeah. I was just 
just kidding. He there was, might have been alcohol. You were just blacked out drunk. Oh, fuck, maybe. Yeah, or you might have been running around or uh, not shirking your volunteer duties. No, I remember this. I remember. Oh, okay. I think he said, I don't play RPGs, so I'm not really involved. Here. I think that's what happened. And I just kind of went comatose <laughs> in the corner. I think that's exactly what happened. Yes. You just sat there and were like, hey, Scott, are you okay over there? He's, mm-hmm. Thumbs up. That's what I saw. Oh, I do do a lot of thumbs up, yeah. especially when I'm drinking. For, yeah, which is great for podcasting. Yeah. Everyone sees that. <laughs> this fucking guy. Um, but so, yeah, episode three, about 40 minutes. And if people want to revisit that. But we wanted to do a follow up because uh, Wizards Keep Games, one of our fine sponsors, and where we're currently recording, you can hear people playing in the backgrounds right now. Games get played. Yes. Games do right get here. played. Yes. Uh, uh, this week, this uh, the 16th. The 16th. Yeah, June Saturday. 16th. Saturday, June 16th. Saturday, June 16th. So, like, right around the corner here, guys. Just a couple of days away is Free RPG Day. Brogan, oh, what is Free RPG Day? So, Free RPG Day is, a, is the day that, you know, much like Pizza Day or Bagel Day or anything else. That, I love You know, pizza we day. all should take a moment to appreciate RPG games. Oh, true. So, you can come down to Wizards Keep Games, and the gentlemen from Rusted Portal have been kind enough to volunteer their time to DM their new... I dare say new game that runs off of either D&D 5th edition rules or mm-hmm. Pathfinder rules. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're going to come down. They're going to run their game. It's very po- post-apocalyptic, very detailed. The art is beautiful. We have we will have some stuff for you to look at. Mm-hmm. And just for playing, you will get a free D&D WizKids Unpainted Mini. Oh, just for being a fun. Because we believe Ooh. that much in our role-playing game experiences here at Wizards Keep, and we believe in Rusted Portal. And you gave a little bit of a descriptor of the game. It's called Apocalypse There Isn't. Uh, Donovan, uh, tell us, uh, give us a little bit more about what Apocalypse There Isn't is. So I'll give you the elevator speech, even Perfect. though my team keeps telling me they're sick of hearing it. So it's the post-apocalyptic <laughs> fantasy horror game based on Earth 25 years after the fall of society. You really don't know how we, you don't need to know how we got there. What you need to know is that the world is terrible, society fell, it's now a colony-based system, the world is over run by demons, undead, and mutated beasts, and you're just trying to survive. Fallen angel-type characters? Yeah, so there's three all-new races. Of course, we have humans. They didn't go away, sadly. But we, <laughs> we, have, uh, we have fallen angels. We have half-demons. Uh, so the fallen angels are called descended. Mm-hmm. Demons are called Half-demons are called progeny. And then we have uh, this free spirit from purgatory called Lazarus, which is a unique race for us. This is uh, one of those fun things. If you enjoy uh, systems along the line of Fallout, uh, like for video games, this kind of lends into that because you have a you're trying to rebuild society or your right. own colony mm-hmm. so you have a resource system to go into that and it gets into a little bit more of a world building than a traditional um, RPG game when it comes to these but you're still having uh, the, the systems that people are most familiar with especially in the Pacific Northwest it seems because we got Wizards and Paizo both here uh, with uh, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition and then uh, the the uh, uh, Pathfinder took me forever to get there. It's <laughs> we haven't been recording that much today, okay, and yet still man. it happens. Didn't we just have a guy on that made that game? Oh yeah! If you oh, go back shit. and uh, yeah, everything kind of comes full circle. Mike Selinker with the uh, the Pathfinder gaming systems, yeah, and that'll be an upcoming episode. So get super stoked for that. Um, but we wanted to make sure and people came out here if they had a chance uh, to free RPG day. Um, like Brogan alluded to, he uh, we do have you were. 
fortunate or gracious enough to bring uh, a folder that shows art, shows some of the characters, some of the creatures, uh, some of the archetypes that you have in this. So people can, if they want to come down to uh, to Wizards Keep Games down here in Renton, uh, they can just ask, hey, uh, hey, Brogan, do you have the, the Apocalypse the Risen book? And he can show you what is coming out there because the game's not out yet. The game's not out yet. We had a successful Kickstarter in 2017. The game will publish this year, 2018. So oh, we're wow. so we're really excited. Wow. About it. So this is, is, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's just my brain just flashed like, oh, shit. So this is like a pre-release. You're letting people play Absolutely. the game before. Wow, yeah. that's so really, really cool. We've been running cool, games for, for a while at different conventions. We just had a great successful weekend at PaizoCon last weekend. Uh, we had five full tables, eight persons per table. Nice. It's great. And we, we were planning for Gen Con. So we're going to actually run one of the games that we'll be running at Gen Con. And who wouldn't want to sign up for Dead in the Darklands? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a game that, it, it, you know, it's going to be exciting. So that game will be run here at Wizards Keep, of course, on Free RPG Day. And I, I hear, I mm-hmm. think, we're going to get Justin to run a game. What? Yes. What's cooking? And who um, doesn't want to come play on some What's Cooking? Yeah, and this is fun because I have actually, I think it was at Norwest Con uh, last year that I was able to play this. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. There's um, some very interesting. Think of Iron Chef in the Apocalypse, and it's uh, not necessarily <laughs> okay. the the best description, but it'll get you kind of a feel for what's going on. So yeah, I'm going to be running one of those games. Plus, I'm a little familiar with it, so my my bad GMing uh, type and style should be able to be uh, uh, contained within this. Uh, I'm really excited for that. And again, uh, all, all the weeks coming up, uh, like the week leading up to this, because it's going to be happening on the 16th of June. So if you're listening to that afterwards and you're still interested in it, people can come and check out uh, uh, the the board or not the board, but the uh, binder because we'll keep that here. Yeah, Is that it's cool a good showcase for some art. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to leave it here. Perfect. So it's a good showcase for some of the art. You get an idea of you know the uh, the importance that art was to us in this book. So we're we're going to fill it with all kinds of fantastic artists. Uh, you know, a local fan favorite Raven Memora has done the iconics for this. Looks so so good. we've got we've got eight of those pieces in that binder. We have one more that he's. Uh, He's holding out. He's holding out a little bit. He tells me that mother is on the way. So the last iconic is the shepherd uh, mother. So we have nine all-new character classes as well for both systems. Never never before seen until our game. And the shepherd is one of them. And mother is this, uh, she's this voodoo priestess that runs the the old Orleans colony. Oh. uh, He's he's having some fun with that character. Wow. Brogan's going to like that one. Yeah. Uh, And where can people find information if they're not in this local area and they can't come down and check? it out uh and also uh where can they pre-order because they can pre-order correct they can pre-order absolutely so check out our twitter page and our facebook page we have the uh, the url up there for going to the pre-sale our kickstarter as well so we're at rusted portal on twitter we're at rusted portal on facebook you can get there either way and then uh, rustedportal.com as well uh you can go to that site and you'll see our link to the kickstarter and to the the pre-sale so the kickstarter has a link to the pre-sale as well awesome thank you so much man it just spent a couple times with this follow-up uh i'm really excited to be doing this hopefully i won't well maybe i'll kill everybody i mean that might be okay right i think you should yeah (laughs) and now uh guys tell us uh lead us into this episode jake bird jake bird yeah dirty bird dirty bird mr bird mr bird the scariest thing that happened in tacoma you want to hear something, you should check out this episode coming up. Because Jake Bird, not only, he's like the serial killer that Tacoma ever had. Like, all the awful things that ever happened, 
Jake Bird did it. Yeah, he murdered a bunch of people. He murdered a bunch of people. He was a hobo. Yep. He carried. He traveled oh, on a like train. Us. Yeah. Then, then he, he traveled on a train yeah. with a knapsack and a hatch, hatchet. He'd come in, show up at your house, and be like, "You got any work I can do?" Then kill all of you while you're sleeping. Wow. Yeah, yeah that totally was that's Jake really Bird. A thing. Yeah, that's no, really, really, it's really a thing. thing. So so these, I need this information because we need to put that in the game. Yeah, <laughs> Jake Bird. That's a dark. That's a dark yeah. land waiting to happen. Dude, yeah. The weirdest thing, well, right? He's, he cursed everybody. He, he right? did. He cursed everybody when they executed him. Like all and the people, all the curses, they all died. Oh all my the god! Died okay, like so heart. Let's not give any so. more away. Without any further ado, it's fantastic. Jake, Jake Bird. Bird. Dun dun dun. Hey guys, do you like board games? Do you like miniature games? Do you like card games? Do you like any kind of game that doesn't require a battery in it? Well, let me tell you about our partner, Wizards Keep Games in Renton. They're up there at 17148 116th Avenue Southeast in Renton, Washington. Go up there, check them out, tell them you heard about them on the podcast. They've got nightly events, they've got magic tournaments, they've got board game days, they've got specials, they've got all kinds of stuff. Go in there, and if you make any purchase over $20, you get an entry into a drawing. Ooh. Good for $100 in store credit if you win. Oh, dang! It is announced at the end of every month in the newsletter, and I heard the owner is pretty awesome. And I also heard that the employees are all right. So, <laughs> get in there, check them out, have a good time, support a local business, and learn about games. Where can you find it? Online? Oh, yeah. WizardKeepGames.com. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on, I think there's, yeah, there's Twitter and and there's an Instagram. Perfect. So get it. Wizards keep games. Yeah, them. Hey, everybody. It's Justin, and I'm here to talk about the Lindsay Jackman Group. Now, Lindsay Jackman understands that buying and selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. And that's why they have highly seasoned real estate professionals, and they're dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized service for everyone. They take a lot of great pride in the relationships they build, and they're going to work relentlessly on your behalf to help you achieve your real estate goals. Uh, definitely check them out. You can contact Lindsay Jackman at 253-857-3316. She's located on 7201 Pioneer Way in Gig Harbor, and you can find all of that information just by searching for the Lindsay Jackman Group. Check it out. Strange story of Jake Bird is as good as it gets when it comes to creepy stories about the gritty city. It is often referred to in serial killer circles as the most famous serial killer you've never heard of. Sit back, sip a beverage or blaze up one, and prepare for the true story of Jake Bird. This is a story that involves a curse that actually comes true. I'll start from the very beginning. Jake Bird was born in Louisiana in 1901 and had a relatively troubled life from the start. He left home from at the age of 19 to seek his fortune riding the rails of America. He was a hobo day, worker, day laborer, traveling the nation and trading a day's work for a night's sleep and a warm meal wherever he stopped. He would reportedly kill with savage swings of an axe or a knife before hopping on the rails on his way to another town. But we'll get to that later. He was otherwise unremarkable wherever he went, just one of the faces in the growing crowd of what was called grandy, day, grandy dancers, which were rail-hopping day laborers at that time. But what would change, that would change when he came to the end of the line in Tacoma 
The city of destiny, after all, was the terminus for the Transcontinental Railroad, a fact that coined that term, end of the line. His story of stardom started on October 30th, 1947. Bird was 45. He was looking for work and came across the home of Bertha Clute and her daughter, Beverly June. He hacked them to an hacked them to death with an axe. They screamed during the attack, and the scene was so loud that neighbors called the police. Two police officers arrived, only to find Bird covered in blood, still holding a knife and an axe as he was running from the scene. They cornered him, so he attacked one of the officers, slashing him in the hand while stabbing the other in the shoulder. But they managed to still tackle him and handcuff him with all the genteel love and care that you would expect when an African-American man who had just killed two white women before attacking two police officers in the 1940s. Now, the race of the killer and his victims is an important fact that shapes history later on in the story. So fear not. Anyway, Bird was taken to the hospital for his injuries and then taken in shackles to the old City Hall Jail. It was called Siberia because it was so isolated from the rest of the world. It had no windows or light other than a bare bulb hanging from the vaulted ceilings. It was hot all the time since it was located on the opposite side of the massive furnace that heated the entire building. Now, I've been there. Uh, it is not a happy place now, so I can't imagine what it was like in 1940. Bird's first almost convinced the officers that he was innocent, but the fact that he still had brain matter splattered on his shirt finally convinced the officers that they had their man. He then confessed to the killing, starting with stating that it was a burglary gone bad. He claimed that he had entered the house to steal stuff, but was caught by Bertha. He panicked when she tried to thwart his attack and hit her in the head with an axe. Beverly June, who was just taking an after-school nap, um, heard the noise, and Bird axed her when she came to rescue her mother. Evidence that Bertha had been raped and that Beverly June was savagely attacked sealed Bird's fate. His trial came a month later. It lasted just two and a half days. Despite his claims that he signed a confession uh, under duress, his bloody fingerprints and the brain matter made his death sentence almost a foregone conclusion. He was convicted of murder in the first degree after just 30 minutes of jury deliberation. The judge handed down the sentence of death by hanging. This is where the story gets weird. As he was being sentenced, Bird declared... I'm putting the hex of Jake Bird on all of you who had anything to do with me being punished. Mark my words. You will die before I do. Taken at the time as just idle threats from a murderer, the hex didn't get much notice. That is, until people started dying. First, the judge, the Honorable Edward Hodge, died of a heart attack just a month after the sentencing. Then the police officer, Joe Carpatch, who wrote Bird's first confession, died of a heart attack. Then the court clerk, Ray Scott, died of pneumonia, not a heart attack. 
Then the police officer who recorded Byrd's second confession, Sherman Lyons, died of a heart attack. Then Byrd's court-appointed defense attorney, who is the former Pierce County prosecuting attorney, J.W. Selden, died of a heart attack on the anniversary of Jake's sentencing. The newspaper reported at the time, Selden's death came shortly after 2 a.m. in his office at the Puget Sound Bank Building. He was seated at his desk reading the Supreme Court decisions when he gasped suddenly and died. With his death, Pierce County officials are asking each other, who's next? Bird's prison guard, Arthur A. Stewart, would be that next person. He died of a heart attack. While still alive at Walla Walla's death row, Bird continued to confess to crimes during his years on the rails. He tallied 44 to his butcher's bill. He provided enough details that 11 of those cases were officially closed. His first kills were reportedly of two women in Illinois in 1942. Other victims were confirmed in Louisville, Kentucky, Omaha, Nebraska, Kansas City, Kansas, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Cleveland, Ohio, Orlando, Florida, and Portage, Wisconsin. Police officers in Houston, Texas, suspect him of murdering a woman there as well. His story would end shortly after midnight on July 15, 1949, almost two years after his last crime. He was 48. He was hanged on the gallows. Some 25 spectators watched the gallows, gallows trapdoor snap open, sending Bird five feet down, his neck snapped. His body swung on the rope for 14 minutes before the prison physician pronounced him dead. He was buried in the prison cemetery, identified only by his convict number, number 21520. Bird's will left his personal fortune of $6.15 to his last attorney handling his appeal. The only two that Jake's Hex didn't affect were the actual prosecuting attorney, Pat Steele, and the medical examiner, Charles Larson. In his practice throughout the years, Larson had helped convict about 100 people of murder. A number of these men had threatened to kill him, so Bird was no different. He actually hadn't heard about the hex until Steele told him about it, but that still didn't faze him. He said, The desire for revenge is a very immature reaction, as otherwise your average murderer is seldom a very mature, well-rounded character. He was nevertheless subject to the cooling process, the change that comes with the passage of time. Come to think of it, that's how our penal system is all about. Isn't it about putting people on the shelf until they cool off? I like that thought. Now, an interesting note. The house where Byrd uh, committed his Tacoma crime, it's at 1007 South 21st Street. It's the Burgundy House at the corner of 21st and J Street, just steps away from McCarver Elementary School. That is interesting to people who believe in fate because while the Bird case involves matters of race that drew national attention, so did McCarver. 
It is, after all, the first school designated to reduce racial isolation in public education by offering a choice to parents when it opted to become what is now known as a magnet school in 1968, 20 years after Bird's Rampage literally occurred across the street. To the house, uh, it's vacant now, um, at least seemingly vacant. But I went there um, writing, uh, doing some research for the this, and um, long before I knew it was going to be part of a podcast. But I was just doing it because I like weird stuff. And the residents there were renters, and they didn't know anything about that. So I, you know, flipped the coin in my head: should I really tell them? Uh, and they they seemed okay with it, but they didn't know the details. So I walked them through the crime scene of, okay, this is where. Uh, Bird struck Bertha, and this is where he went upstairs, and this was Beverly June's house, and um, this is where he he killed her with an axe. And then after that, the the reports are varied on when he actually uh, raped Bertha, but it would be before or after uh, she had died. Um, but the technology of uh, the 1940s didn't get that specific. Yeah. So, But the funny thing, or the weird thing, is that the newspapers at the time, they pretty much rewrote everything from the police reports. So everything is in the newspaper. You know exactly how many swings... There were and all the evidence and all that stuff was in the paper, um, and it made it sway around the world. Yeah. Well, I was I had forgotten that I think we even discussed this probably not even on the podcast, but when when you were painting this picture, I was picturing this as a white guy because serial killers are white people. They are white men. Yes, they are white males so from the Northwest. Speaking, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just so I was like, oh, whoa, he's a black guy. <laughs> Makes so much more sense now. Like, oh, so. Uh, well, that was creepy. You like that one? Yeah, you like that one? Like, oh, good. yeah, it was pretty, pretty weird. Um, now I'm just sitting here going, God damn, I wonder if those people. <laughs> yeah, well, if it was only those two girls, the two women in Tacoma, yeah. you might be like, oh, you know, they they just grabbed this guy because he's a transient black dude, right? right? But he had like 40 others or yeah, something. 40, that he 44, to. 46. That's the, just stupid. We don't really know because he, you know, much like today, any serial killer who's arrested suddenly confesses to a lot of other things and then. He was apparently very specific on what the details he, he were. He lay it out. He's like, so you're going like, to find well, this body. You know, <laughs> you know enough about these crimes that you were either there or you did it yourself. So, so they closed 16 of them. So, uh, Which would yeah. make him the most prolific serial killer known other than Gary Ridgway, who was also of this area. So welcome to the 253. Yeah. Of course, it wasn't, I, it wasn't I, the 253 I, at the time. <laughs> how did you... How did you find out about this? Um, well, I'm always into weird history. Um, so you just kind of research it. Um, some great articles are available in the uh, Tacoma Public Library's Northwest Room, which is uh, also online. Just go to Murray Morgan's um, History of Tacoma. He's got a roster of you know probably 200 essays. Oh, so there's a place to, they can oh, yeah. go that'll... that'll- that already have segregated out that information. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, you just type in, you know, Jake Bird, and it, it's well-documented. There's, you know, at Murderpedia.com. Well, it's freaking me and, out that this hex is all these people are just dying from heart attacks. Like, that's really, like, okay, I'll, I can even buy up to three of them being kind of a coincidence, but, mm-hmm. yeah, like, 
nine people. Yeah, what a bastard. <laughs> he, he murdered people with axes, and then he, he murdered him with a hex. Like, that's bullshit. You yeah. shouldn't be able to Ooh, do both. Man. <laughs> well, he's born in Louisiana, <laughs> too. Guy. I'm from Louisiana. Well, Voodoo yeah. is alive and well. It is, yeah, it is <laughs> It is not something to be uh, taken lightly down in the Big Easy. No. I've, yeah. Damn. Jake Bird is a gangster. So he just hopped on the rails, and he was just hoboing around. Well, you think at the, at the time, you know, there was no need for a passport or driver's license if you just hop on the railroad and go to the next town and hey can i spend the night at your house if i mow your lawn or take out you know pick up your groceries or whatever and murder you with an axe and murder you with an axe or <laughs> hey do you have an axe that was just that was just common at the time so um you know people would just go back and forth and of course in tacoma it was like i said the, the end of the line so if you can't find a job in chicago or in some of the place you just you just go on rode, the, next rode the rails and you came to Tacoma and, and you can't go any farther so you found jobs here I think it's interesting there's a jail in the bottom of Old Tacoma, or Old Town Hall well sure why like, would there be I'm, okay <laughs> like because <laughs> I didn't know that and it just doesn't seem to be that the town hall is the place for the jail but I guess it was back then yeah you can like, see um, I'm trying to remember what it's creepy kind of yeah. weird to think about um, why is it not in the police station it's in town hall. It's probably all the same deal back then. Yeah, right? it's all the same building at the time. Yeah, stupid Brogan. God. Well, I mean, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Get your dicks. Sorry, man. Uh, okay. But yeah, there's been a couple of movies um, that were set in that jail cell. Um, and I'm trying to remember The Wires Crossed, um, uh, David Graham's movie. Uh, I, could, I could figure it out. But, um, but yeah, that, that had an image of what what it was like and it was exactly the way you would think a big you know six inch thick iron door with a little window with iron bars over it and you walk in and there's a concrete slab of where you would put a rolled up mattress and a bare bulb hanging from the ceiling that you can't reach you can't even turn it off and you just have to lay there and stare and at it so incredibly hot because it's bullshit know, fuck the, jail the furnace, <laughs> the furnace is probably uh 10 by 20 foot you know coal furnace yeah a big ass furnace big ass <laughs> furnace so on the other side of that wall is the jail well yeah and it was back in the day coal too right so they were shoveling shit in there like a big fucking fire yeah, it wasn't yeah like there was right. a guy that that was his job was every every 45 minutes go down there and th- throw a heaping wad of coal yeah. in there well and that's one of the um the the stories of gus the old city hall ghost if you ever want to know about city hall ghost the the one the most um prolific story is the story of Gus, who was a janitor there. Well, and, as we uh, get closer to Halloween, we're going to warm up. We're going we're gonna to put you to the task. Oh, are you holding that one off? You're uh, like, wait, wait, don't say that uh, one. Well, okay. well, you can lay a little bit of it. You can give us a teaser, <laughs> okay. but I'm just thinking that I think as, oh, as I've got, we, we can do more and more ghost stuff. Oh, I've got, I've, I've got the ghost stories. Too. I've got the ghost stories, yeah. But this, one, of, one of the stories, the variations of Gus' uh, story is that he was a janitor at Old City Hall. And he was cleaning out the coal furnace, and it accidentally tripped on. So he was burned alive inside the coal furnace. That's like the Freddy like, Krueger yeah. portion, right? Wasn't he thrown in the furnace at the school and burnt? Yeah. Or yeah. Like that? yeah. <laughs> the, but that was a bunch of parents that ganged up and threw his ass Those in there. Bastards. Like, he, well, he was Just a bad <laughs> PTA. Like, like I said, the, there's various versions of who Gus was. But Is there a verification that Gus was ever a real person? Was there an August? Oh, so yeah. what else has been going on, man? What uh, else let's been see. Doing? Uh, what else is going on? Um, 
Pithian Lodge is going well. Monday night, 6 o'clock. Uh, oh, the Eye of the Totem. I'll give you an update on that. Eye of the Totem. I watched um, the trailer. You saw the trailer. It's working its way around the interwebs. It's already been refurbished, and the film is gorgeous. So I'm really excited about that. They couldn't find the original score. So they had to commission a Tacoma composer to rescore the silent movie. Oh, that's cool! What um, a great and yeah, they did it. What an honor! They did a, yeah. He did an amazing job. You you could not tell that it's you know it's not out of sync with the time. Uh, as you know, historically accurate, inspired as it could be. I that's mean, you awesome. Could not tell that it was not the original score, but we can't tell it's not because we don't know what the score. What's that guy's name? Like. Give him a plug. I don't remember offhand. Well, shit. Google uh, it. I'm, um, the project is already funded, but they're really – and then I think that this is sort of brilliant that they're doing this because they're not talking about a whole lot of money, but they want you know, the community to buy in on this absolutely cool project of you know, restoring this nat- nationally released film set in Tacoma with Tacoma landmarks all over the place. Um, they want people to sort of have ownership in it. So and they should. Starting a Kickstarter thing and, and, and funding it that way. Well, think about that. Like, there's this old piece of film. They've made it. It's beautiful. Nobody else is doing that. I, I don't ever get exposed to old movies that somebody else found. That's an opportunity to get that back out into the world and help Tacoma, help old... Th- like, what happens? So this works out. Everything works out great. Somebody else has got an old movie from Omaha or somewhere else, and then it that's just so rich for a community. Well, and, and, and that's exactly what's sort of happening. Um, there's, uh, of course, the, the film was made by H.C. Um, uh, Weaver, and which was down at what is now Titlow. That's where the studio was. It was the third largest on the west coast or something before you know in the early days of hollywood or hollywood land at the time actually and um so there's an effort to kind of bring all that history together because up until probably 10 or 15 years ago it had all been lost to history and slowly piece by piece clip by clip frame by frame they're finding oh these are the bungalows where the stars lived they're still there. Oh, here's some stills from the movies that they filmed. Oh, we've got little clips of here of this movie because that clip was used in a, a different movie and, and all that stuff. So they're piecing this sort of Tacoma's film heritage together. And this latest one, um, the Eye of the Totem, is you know the the cherry on top so far because this is again it's it's you know from a local standpoint. You go, oh, look, is it? film of Tacoma and and all that sort of thing. But, I mean, it, it is a movie that was, you know, the, the Forrest Gump of its time. Yeah. And it is, you know, referred to over and over and over again in, you know, national film history books. Oh, Those, so so it's actually a piece. It is it, a large piece. Well, that's really good for it Tacoma. It is like, like lost footage of Wizard of Oz. Whoa. Anything pimp, else? Pimp your stuff. Pimp your give stuff. Us, give us your tweeters. Yeah, how do we stuff. find oh, out about uh, you? You can find me on the interwebs. Uh, just Steve Dunkelberger on Facebook or Steve Dunkel at Twitter's, um, or Reg Red Blacknud backwards if you don't know how to spell. What did you just say? Oh yeah, do that shit again. Reg Red Blacknud backwards if you want to know how to spell Dunkelberger. Oh yeah, well I'm Nagorb backwards. Reg Red Blacknud Nevitz would be uh, Steve Dunkelberger backwards. You've been listening to the Grid City Podcast. Check them out at gritcitypodcast.com.